people want to believe. Change is constant, coming from anywhere and everywhere. We find ourselves pondering unseen, eternal realities, awakening our capacity to believe. This is No God. You are listening to the No God Podcast. I am here today with my wonderful mother, Sandy. Hello, Micah. And my also equally wonderful, but different, Father Tony. Yes, different. <laughs> I've never called you father before. Father? No, I don't think you have. <laughs> wow. That felt okay. weird. As we are starting our fifth year of recording No God podcast, my son has now called me father. Okay, that's well, an interesting... Father. <laughs> father. <laughs> Today's been a fun day getting this all set up. And this is our um, what number? Well, we're in our fifth season but we're not starting a new season with this podcast it's right, just right. that we are starting the fifth calendar year yes this it, this is march so we're doing our fifth year march of 2023 so five years ago actually six years ago i began to try to figure out what we were going to do it, the possibilities of if i was going to have a blog or mm-hmm. a podcast what would I call it? Which is a big deal to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that matters. I see podcasts or blogs and they have weird names. Mm-hmm. And, and some, we went through a lot of possibilities. We did. And then I did a bunch of Googling to make sure a couple of things. And plus checking with Micah to make sure that we weren't choosing something that had some type of other social meaning. Double entendre. <laughs> yes. We wanted to avoid those and also wanted it to be memorable. And there we go. I was really surprised because I had, I had all these, I had pages and pages, handwritten pages of ideas. And I would, a number of them, Micah tossed out right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> others of them, I would Google and go, I can't believe there's already a blog or a podcast named this thing. And then I go to No God, and I'm thinking, surely somebody's already got this. And no, mm-hmm. at least not in the search that I did yeah. on, the, on the main platforms that I worked on. Because uh, we, what we discovered was like knowing God was used often. Right. Um, but no God. And I think we kind of talked about like the, the probably because like when you say it out loud, it's ambiguous whether it's no God with a K or no God just N-O. Right. Um, but we kind of liked that ambiguity and sort of like a question and answer almost of the title. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Ed, that's very comfortable to me now at this point. And it. You know, in all of this stuff, and you two know, and, and other people who know me personally know that I just have this kind of way of sifting through massive amounts of scripture texts and then and then just trusting, trusting that something is going to come to the front without a, like a really clear um, logical sorting mm-hmm. process. And so as in this conversation and I'm you know passionate about Jesus and passionate about the words of Jesus it just so happened that no god is comes right out of a statement of Jesus it's in John chapter 17 and that whole chapter is pretty incredible but then it just kind of boiled down to one verse that is verse 3 of chapter 17 and Sandy is going to do the gonna honors read of reading it for us now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and Jesus Christ whom you have sent so know you and that and so mm-hmm. you could say know the father but i thought no god makes the most sense and that's what jesus because he said he's the only true god and there yeah. you know him mm-hmm. so that was jesus heart that was his prayer in at the toward the end of his life the last night that he was alive before he went to the cross 
and died. And so that began to just kind of settle in there for me. And I thought, well, this is significant because this is life. This is not just like a great idea. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there is a, I'm, you know, whatever, I'm not, the expectation that is high. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, when you think about the title, No God, as a podcast, yeah. that is, that's setting the bar extremely high. You're, if you listen to our podcast, you're going to know God. No. Well, I mean. <laughs> well, you'll hear about him a lot. <laughs> well, it's a high aim. It's a high aim. And it also is, I think, and really what, as I, you know, and, and people who know me, you guys, I'm very deliberative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just was pondering, just letting that sit for days and days and weeks and weeks, actually. Yep. And the, the thing that kept coming to you was that that's what I want. That is... You know, we talk about that, you, that, you know, loving God is great, but I think that even knowing God, know God comes either with or maybe ahead of loving God. How can we love that which we don't know? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So those kinds of thoughts came to my mind. But then I just thought, this is what a lot of people who ask me questions and a lot of people that I talk to, this is, this is the call of their heart. If they're, I mean... Many of them have some not, but many have already settled on the fact there must be a deity. So can I know this deity? And so I thought, well, yeah. So it's a big high goal, and it's driven right out of the words of Jesus in this. So that's where I was coming from. So I appreciate the fact that uh, four years, four full years ago, yeah. we began recording these podcasts, and you two have been along on this journey all the way. And so this podcast is about one, what's behind this podcast? Mm-hmm. And second, what for the three of us, what really matters and what's the joy that we get out of doing this? Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm going to jump in with one right away. Go for it. Because it's semi-serious. It's serious, but it's also hilarious. Um, I'll start by asking Dad. So he gave us this list of verses that we may or may not touch on through this and uh, we were trying to figure out how it's organized and how is it organized well in this particular case when i did this study and it's multiple pages of just scriptures i and it notes the translation all that kind of stuff of course so <laughs> um the way i organized the way i did the research was by the tense of the verb no k-n-o-w so uh, unless you know the tenses of the verb no in in sequence, Greek. well, and in sequence from present tense all yes. the way down to, you know, future, then it, it looks absolutely nonsensical. And that is one of the reasons why I love this. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's been a really fun way to get to know my parents in a, a different way. Um, and a lot of this, honestly, the, the birth of this podcast was our dinnertime conversations. Once a week, mm-hmm. I come over to yeah. my parents' house and we have dinner together mm-hmm. And just, we'd have deep theological, sociological discussions with a bit of humor because I've inherited some of the logicalness of my dad, but I've inherited a lot of the orneriness of my mother. (laughs) What? (laughs) So we have a lot of fun at dad's expense. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And he loves it. And, you know, it just crushes my soul. (laughs) So uh, that's kind of what we like, you know. These are fun conversations. I think it, some people would find them interesting. Let's share them. And mm-hmm. so that kind of started the ball rolling. Um, but f- since this, we've gotten a little more structured. 
um, we allow dad to because talk a little bit Tony more than we do at dinner. Involved. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Anything yes. Tony's involved in gets structured. <laughs> if we're going on a trip, pretty soon I see a paper laying on the table about that lists everything we have to remember to take. <laughs> oh, we don't have to remember it because it's listed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So that's one of the one of the joys I get out of it is just uh, getting to know my parents in a different way than I have before and just the the fun and the um, the connection we get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the what happens inside of myself cuz I don't even necessarily like to say this just happening within my mind for mm-hmm. example because of my my viewpoint of human nature and that is that we we are a whole and that we then for sake of conversation and study and all this kind of stuff we 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 chop this whole up mm-hmm. into pieces and then we examine the pieces you know inductive type research well <clears throat> for me i have i have a, a drive to like pursue uh a linear line of thought, defining things and putting things in order and trying to systematize them. But at the same time, like, for example, when I do Myers-Briggs, I discover, and it, when I first saw this was a, years ago, that I am an intuitive. And I thought, intuitive? What? What? That, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I, and that was really helpful for me to know that because I have a combination that goes on inside of me, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it takes me so long sometimes to make decisions is that there's this very strong, I think almost trained into me, this this linear uh, analytical part that is, everybody thinks it's actually natural to me, but if you'd have known me as a five or seven or 10 year old, you would have said he is the most irrational person you ever met. And so I feel like that the- <laughs> That sounds familiar. Yeah. And someone uh, said, is he all there? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that it's by training that that has developed but mm-hmm. my comfort spot my natural me is very intuitive and so the the thing that i feel like is an advantage to me and i when i am talking to people who are especially troubled about a question or about is god knowable and things like that you know what i've realized is in our moment uh, in history is that we are i don't want to say departing from we're just we are pushing back the dominance of rationalism to religious experience mm-hmm. and letting it be part of rather than the controller of it. Right, right. And that's still something that I can't really put into words, partly because it's not rational. And I think that the intuitive nature that is within me just as a human being by, I believe, design, makes it to where I have this sense that knowing God is not just informational. In fact, the word know that this passage in John 17 has, gnosko, is very familiar to us only in this sense, that we get the transliterated English word K-N-O-W from right. the the G-N-O. That's not the Greek letters, but that's the how it looks if you <laughs> transliterate it. And that's where this comes from. And so there's this thing that we are tempted to think that knowing God is about information. Right. Whereas that's actually oida, the Greek word, that is more about information. And gnosko is more about the whole encompassing aspect of experiencing something in its reality. And so I think, again, that's part of the reason why I like the so no, no God. So in a way, that'd be like... Um... 
if you read a bunch about roller coasters, you figured out how they worked, all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know about roller coasters. But then you actually go on one, you know it in an experiential way. Right. So you now know it more fully. Yep. And you could actually start on the other side. And this is what I'm, when I'm, people are asking me questions, <clears throat> I, I don't, uh, you know, it's always tempting to try to analyze everybody you talk to, but I, you know, that's me. But some people enter into a relationship God, with God as if they've only been riding the roller coaster and have no understanding right. about it. Yeah. And so some people can ride the roller coaster and love it for their entire lives and not know any anything about it of the physics oh, of it. There's a there's a scientist I can't remember at the moment that has a, a famous quote where he's talking about um, poetry and flowers, mm-hmm. um, and how often it's looked at as the poets can appreciate the flower more than a scientist can because they have all these flowing words for its beauty and all that kind of stuff. And he was kind of talking about, like, he experiences the beauty of the flower by knowing how the cells are working, what the point of each part of it is. Right. And really, like, being able to experience both of those gives you a more full experience of the beauty of that flower. Right. Yes, but we have to be careful about that. Okay. Only in this sense that you can create an elitist group of people. That, okay, so let's just use sense. biblical terminology where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some people, their near full experience of loving God is by using their bodily strength. They, they are physically engaged with honoring God. Yeah. And they don't give as much thought to like the intellectual aspect. They don't give, they don't have as much thought about the, or they don't give room for the emotional aspect. And I, I, you know, I'm tempted to do that. I've, I've preached many, many sermons in my lifetime and it is tempting to want people to have the full experience Mm -hmm. and have you, I mean, think about times somebody has, has tried to convince you that you needed to add this much more to something you already loved and you go, I don't think so. And so that kind of, pulls back to other discussions we've had with like the body of Christ where you are designed to experience God more fully in one way maybe or more strongly in one way um, and then as you all come together you're getting a big picture of God right yeah and so I don't think it's I, I think it's I, I have no problem with challenging or you know dr- trying to draw people to uh, what I consider a more full experience but I have to leave it as this is this is how I'm experiencing knowing God in the deepest sense for myself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you have to replicate it yourself to have a just as valid experience yeah. of knowing God. Which, by the way, the back to the Greek word "know" in this case, "gnosko," is also as much about experience. Of course, it's also the Greek word that is used in the New Testament about about sexual intercourse. Okay, Uh-oh. it's the know. <laughs> You know, and, and and that's almost lost now in modern translations yeah. because we've quit saying, remember when Mary said to the angel in the King James Version, how could this be? The, how was yep. she going to have a child since she did not know a man? Uh. And Sandy, I would love for you to share the story about our d- good friend who was like a like a 10th grader or a, maybe a ninth grader helping us in junior church. And he read that passage and was trying to explain it to the junior church kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because he didn't know what he 
he didn't <laughs> he know what it was about. If, so, yeah, so the part of it is I'm sitting there and he's reading that and I'm thinking, oh, great, how's this going to go? And he said, well, well, she knew who he was or she... She it isn't that she didn't know her or didn't know any man. Any man. Because the passage she, she says knew she her didn't know a dad. Man. She knew her dad <laughs> and she knew her brothers. <laughs> and he's, how'd we save him from that? I, don't I can't remember, remember, but it was. I don't just... remember now. Because it was kind of like it's like in a sense you give this older kid the opportunity to kind of share a devotional thought, and it was Christmas time, and he read the Christmas story out of Matthew, oh, no. and it was the angel. You know, and and uh, it was. It was hard to be any adult yeah. in the room at that point. But she just didn't know <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> well, she didn't know well, Joseph. That's she, what, yeah, and then, yeah. He, and then he goes, well, and I said, we're good. Keep going. Yeah, keep <laughs> going. Yeah, just keep on. <laughs> it was, woo. Getting... <laughs> you should see Micah's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, getting back on track. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So, um, cause, so that form of no, um, implies intimacy. 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 Right. Okay. Yes. Intimacy and, and absoluteness. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so even though it makes a hilarious story for Sandy and I still to this day, I mean, this is like before Micah was even old enough to be in junior church, I think when this occurred, I would be <laughs> pretty Mom and dad didn't know each other. Yeah, we did know each other. I'm not sure he was born. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. But to me, this helps us to see the significant. I well, tell you what, you sure. know, it's a good thing that somebody in this family is the straight man. <laughs> you know? Mom just heard what I said. These two, these <laughs> two are not able to keep it together. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> or, no. Earlier. Okay. Earlier, we were trying to uh, explore the dynamic we have, and my answer was, Dad is Bert, and me and Mom are both Ernie. Yeah. Two Ernies. And as if we need two Ernies. But anyway, <laughs> there we've got them. Yeah. Continue. But to continue it is, this is exactly what we're what the No God podcast is about, is that, you know, the tendency, um, the, the temptation would be, let me share with you all of the truth that I know so that you can get yourself on yeah. the right track and you can get some peace in your life or whatever. All the great motives that might be there to exploring the fact that even when Jesus says that this is life to know God, that no is so much bigger than rationalism, mm -hmm. that it's experiential. And then we begin to see that it's intimate and it's like, so this is what it is. And it is also true then and again, this makes this makes some people uncomfortable. It is not definitively identical. It's not identical from person to person. Yeah, right. Which also leads us to some of the conversations we've had about church and yeah. other aspects of faith. And that is that run away and hide if someone tells you that everybody's got to be doing it the same yeah. way. And that's again one of the reasons why I was excited about a podcast. Is I mean, I've spent a lot of my life sitting in a church listening to one person talk at you and i love the idea of again dad is leading these discussions but me and mom can throw in our experience and our point of view um because that is so important is you're not just hearing this is how one person experiences this this is how right. one person knows mm -hmm. this yeah and even though then as a family unit mm -hmm. of course we're only 
part of our family unit. Exactly. There are other members of this family. We, we are, we still are not like the definitive voice on this aspect, but it, the reason we do this podcast and the reason it's called No God is because that is our heart's passion is that people know Mm -hmm. God. Right. Yeah. And we are just trying to enlighten it. And again, I, I would just remind people or let people know that, for example, Micah, who is technically our host, but as you've, if you've listened to very many of these podcasts, you know, there's more than just, he's just more than a host. That is, Micah is well-read. He thinks very creatively and he has a lot of background that's very broad, all the way from biblical to philosophical and to even creative practical. Uh, and even like, I think, uh, computer graphics has mm has also opened up creative pathways in your brain and in your your passions that then helps come to this kind of conversation. And then we have my dear wife, Sandy, which we will actually, we're only a couple of years away from celebrating 50 years of marriage. Oh my goodness. Yeah, can you that it? just seems so like a, such a, an amazing milestone, which it is. But for her, she always has kind of minimized what she feels like she has to contribute to a, a conversation, whereas her aspects are so not just intuitive, not just emotional, but it's just uniquely her mm-hmm. that, and I always say that she's the one that keeps my feet on the ground yeah. when I'm beginning to drift away, mm-hmm. you know, into some type of oblivion. Yeah. And she will often, <laughs> I mean, we've had, I mean, one of the things I love about our marriage is mm-hmm. that we've had, I can't even imagine how many conversations and how how deep these go. And often I will, in fact, I kind of joke because back in the day when I was preaching every week and I would sometimes like if she was trouble having trouble going to sleep, I would just begin to talk to her about what I was working on and she'd fall asleep. <laughs> well, I didn't fall asleep in church when he was preaching. Right. No. Yeah. No. I stay awake. But... I had to stay awake because I had but to control the, this But I would, you know, <laughs> I would be theorizing and still like, it's like, could be five different possibilities or even like if I had settled on one that was like, I was really kind of like championing this statement as I was talking to her and she would just say, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and <that's, laughs> Mom's got a great background in education. Yes. And has been teachers to a lot of people in different, now she homeschooled us in grade school. She's taught Sunday school. She's done preschool. She's she tutored students. Para. High uh, school. Yep. Yep. So she's very good at knowing when she's other people are high. not going to understand what my dad is saying. <laughs> and that is, that's such a gift. Mm-hmm. And so th- we consider our life together as three people around this podcast as we truly are a gift to each other. And we also look at it as everybody needs to experience this. And it, it doesn't have to be three. It can be two. It can be five. It can be, in fact, I think the more varied yeah. of gatherings that we are a part of, even in the size of the gatherings, it is, it is always a benefit to where we are going in our mm-hmm. experience of God. Because we do know, for example, in First John, it says that if we love, God lives in us. Mm-hmm. And so then you go, okay, so now if somebody wants to know God, they need to know me because God's living in me. You know, I mean, <laughs> that, I mean you know, when you actually say some of these Christian teachings out loud, people go, whoa, okay. Yeah, who do you think you but are? that is, again, one of the amazing things aspects of this walk in this world that we call Christianity. And it's also just one of the amazing aspects of if we, if we embrace God to experience God, and then knowing that 
there is this love that begins to reciprocate back and forth. I mean, he, I, you know, the scriptures tell us that God loves, 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 that he's the initiator in this. But as we begin to really thrive in that kind of environment, then it is true that some of those cliches that we know of, well, the only Jesus anybody's ever going to see is the Jesus they see in you. You know, that's a, that's a sermon kind of line. Right. And it sounds a little corny, but it, there is the seed of truth in it. And again, when I think about a podcast that is no God, this is not just informational. You may be driving, you know, our listener may be driving down the road, commuting to work or on a long trip, and they decide to go listen to a few podcasts or something, and they hear this. But there is this element where God is everywhere. God isn't everything, but he made everything. And so no matter where we are, no matter who we're with, there is an element of God's presence amongst mm-hmm. people. There we go. That's that's great that's out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the other reasons, I, and the, the more serious reason I love doing this still is I love your approach. Um, and it is not a prescriptive, is that the word, approach? Um, yeah. You're not telling people this is how it is. You're giving um, tools and lenses to approach this through. Um, so it's all about helping someone else discover it for themselves. Yeah, find their way of knowing God. Exactly. And so I really appreciate that because I think that's not done well very often, where it's usually kind of this is the things you need to do, this is the things you need to believe, these are the things you need to know. And know in an intellectual way very much. Mm -hmm. Um, This is how you should experience this. And I just love the approach that you give of... Um, trying to give people handles, trying to give people uh, ways to look at it, but to find it for themselves. Yeah, that is not going to be the same for every person. Right. So, yeah, I love that, and that's another reason why I do this is because I think that can really benefit a lot of people. Well, thank you. Um, and again, I, I might just, this is not scripted at all. So just make, you know, exactly. I mean, yeah. and I, surely if you've been listening to this podcast to this point, you know, it's not scripted. <laughs> you can just tell. <laughs> For some of our others. But to kind of like move ahead a little bit to just to kind of put a little more roots into this concept mm-hmm. of no God from the scriptures. Um, there is, there is a interesting statement that is in actually kind of walking backwards through the gospel of John, because we already said John 17 and we looked at um, another one. John 14 is a well-known one, but I'm not going to do that one in this podcast. But what comes to my mind also is the passage from John chapter 10. And I think that uh, Sandy can read that for us. And there's, it's broken into two pieces. So there's a verse four, and then we jump ahead to 14 to 16. If you'll catch both of those. So verse four is when he was brought out all, wait a minute, let me, here we go. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, which is talking about the shepherd. And then 14 through 16, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as he just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Again, that's a very powerful passage, Jesus using the metaphor of a shepherd about himself and actually what was going to happen in his life. Um, but again, woven into this conversation is this no. 
Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate, I mean, the, so this is a, this is the vision of Jesus to that we know God. And again, we've already established this is not just a rational intellectual knowing. This mm-hmm. is an experience of God. And that the, it's, it's reciprocal. God knows us. We know him. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's all. Maybe, I don't know. That, that, to think that, I mean, that's like saying, no, that's obvious. God knows me. If he's the creator, he knows me. But there is something different then about even God's knowing us. I, and this is like, this is, you know, I mean, this is like mm-hmm. very, can become very, uh, what I want to say, it's like uh, you're, you're trying to argue something that everybody would say that's not a point because, of course, if God is the creator, yeah. then he knows his creation. And so how could there be another kind of no now that we are approaching him through Jesus. Because there's the no of intimacy. Right. And then you build the case about taking away all the obstacles to intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's that part. So again, I think sometimes we listen to the Bible or we read the Bible or maybe we don't read it very often. And these passages are not, um, they don't stand out as much, which then I bring, this is, this is part of my drive for my intellectual, rational, yeah inductive approach to scriptures like where i make a list of scriptures based on the verb tense Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) not everybody's going to do that that's okay Mm, not everybody (laughs) yeah like maybe there's one other person (laughs) (laughs) but again to me then that big that that throw that up as a model you go Mm -hmm. okay i'm not going to do it tony's way Mm -hmm. but what draws me to a clearer experience of god and I and I've met people who just being outdoors, and they're not like pantheists. They don't believe that nature is God, but they believe that in that environment. And of course, sometimes they're even talking about the specific geographic area that they may live or that mm-hmm. they, they may go to for like quote refreshment, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a vacation thing. And they go, man, I just feel so close to God. Yeah, they're expressing this very individual aspect, which again, I think. This is where we stop and just give honor to the creator who creates even human beings who have a DNA template, who you can trace your ancestry back to whoever. And we try to systematize through a lot of uh, educational systems and religious systems. We try to systematize it all when I think that by design, God did not create human beings to be systematized into knowing him Mm -hmm. it is individual now i know that that can get some orthodox people a little (laughs) frightened (laughs) but we have to we have to look at this and see where it is and i think that that's part of the longing and again why we do the podcast that's the longing that i see around us is that we're people are whatever either tired of it they're you know as a culture you know we're tired of trying to everybody trying to put us into a into a line that we all have to walk the same way we have to do it this way yeah and that is um i guess what i like to do because some then often it is well the bible is that line and i'm trying to help people see that the bible is not so much that line as what sometimes people want it to be Mm -hmm. because when people do it that way they're not taking a a full look at 
all of the experiences that are even recorded for us in the Bible. It's part of the reason why the Bible is full of so many stories. Right. Is that knowing God is about knowing story and not just knowing. I mean, it's great to know other stories, but eventually we have to know our own story. And, and again, in kind of contemporary times, we realize that's an essential part of being whole as a human yeah. being is to know our own story. So I think it's pretty incredible. Um, so we could ask our listeners, especially anybody who's listened to more than a handful of podcasts, you know, to just email us and let us know what has been a significant milestone for you or maybe just an aspect of your story that you didn't know oh, yeah. before that you, we'd love to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And we're not, we had never shared, you know, we're not going to then talk about it online or on the no, podcast. No, no. We would always ask for permission if that was going to be the case, yep. but it helps us to understand uh, where we want to go next with the podcast. So first John four, seven to eight. And I don't know. If Do we they, need to know the tense of it to, of the no to know where to find that? In the no, list? this one happens <laughs> to go. This is uh this is a present. John what? One John. Yes. One John. <laughs> what were you getting ready to say? No, I'm not going to say not it. As, I just jumped in that. He was just going to make a judgment. Who are not as familiar with the way things are weirdly said in biblical terms. That's right. Yes. Okay. And in intellectual circles. So first John what? First John, we are talking about, actually, we're going to do two of them. There's, there's one, there's, there's first John two. We're going to okay. do it last. And, and we're going to do first John four. four. Mm-hmm. There's no rhyme or reason. No, no, there, 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 there is. It's the tense of the no. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting a picture of what Mike and I go through here. Okay, first John four, seven and eight. Da, 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 there da. you go. What's yes. There's a little jingle like first camp. John four, seven and eight. It's is a, that quench not the spirit? I don't know, but it's the <laughs> it's the it's the catchy little camp tune yeah. to teach kids this passage. <laughs> go ahead and read it. Yes, us. I'll read it. I, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And you said you saw verse 9 somewhere, too? I did see verse 9. Yeah, you can find that. So this is again like... Here it is. Go ahead and read that. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. All right. So this is a lot like... I'll go ahead and just throw this out there. This is a lot like, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And so then we come up with this kind of bizarre idea that we will not be forgiven by God unless we forgive someone else, which Mm -hmm. is contrary to the core of being saved by grace. That is, it is not about what we do. And so then the Lord's Prayer is talking more about the kind of person that we are becoming because our forgiveness of others is flowing from God's forgiveness of us. So we come to this know God and loving God, and it has a similar kind of vein. And that is kind of like a quick glance in your own heart, because I think this is as much self-evaluative because it is, it's talking, it's talking to because again, this is singular. That's the verb indicates that it's singular. Just in case you were wondering, I Micah. I was so wondering. That. Yes, and so since it's singular, it tells us it's individual. And as an individual, I can go, man, I really am 
struggling to love somebody, or let's even put it on even more uh, raw. I just hate that person. Mm-hmm. Now, that does does that mean that we no longer know God? No, it means that we are identifying that in us that is limiting the intimacy that we have with God. And so to turn it into plus minus, if I love, I'm saved. If I don't love, I'm lost. If I love, I know God. If I, if I hate, I don't know God. Even though these passages say that, but what we have to we have to integrate it with the whole biblical mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. and what this what John is I mean John is an old man when he writes this letter of 1 John. He is probably it's historically considered he is probably 90 years old. Oh wow. And that he has come in in fact and I've said this before but I'll say it again because it is so important. 1 John is where beginning New Testament Greek students start translating the Bible because it is the simplest vocabulary and the simplest grammar Hmm. in the New Testament. And so here you go, old man who has dealt with all the issues, has outlived all of his contemporaries as apostles, and he writes the letter that everybody's going to be saying, oh, finally, another letter from our last living apostle. And it is so simple. And so we need to expect that the interpretation Mm-hmm. is also right in front of us. And mm-hmm. so the interpretation is that this cluster of things that we talk about knowing knowing God is totally enveloped in loving God. And even though those are two different things, they are very much tied together. And not so much that, you know, we have to get out of this thinking that if I don't have any love in my heart, or if I, if I identify for myself that I don't have any love in my heart, that I don't know God, one, we're probably being too hard on ourselves. And the second thing is to just let it be that, well, this is where I am. This mm-hmm. is where I am with God. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's something still ahead for me that's growth, that's better. And that as I, as I commit, because this is what I feel like, <clears throat> this is what I've seen. Many people who, who are in relationship with God, who want to have this close relationship with God, but they really run into some difficulty in their life and they end up like just with this passage, they just have someone that they cannot love. And that doesn't matter how many angles they try to approach that, it is still a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it can really crumble then. Well, one, it can it can divide a person off and make them, in a sense, fragmented. Yeah. Well, I can know God most of my life, but man, when it comes to this situation or this person... Uh, you know, there, I, you know, God's just not touching that part of my life either because I don't want him to, or because I feel like he's not going to something like that. And what I'm saying is that there is this wholeness of person which I, I think that's what Jesus and not just Jesus, but Moses, when he wrote it in Deuteronomy chapter six about you know, this hero, Israel, the Lord, our God is one love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, uh, heart, soul, and strength. That's how it is in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. And then in the Septuagint, when they translate, this is the Greek translation of Hebrew, which is mostly what's quoted in the New Testament, then it is heart, mind, soul, and strength. But what it is, is that there's these aspects of our existence that we sometimes settle on living fragmented. Mm-hmm. We go, I just am never, you know, let's just say mind. And there's some things that confuse us about God. And we just go, well, that's just never going to come 
to any kind of peace. I'm just going to have to live with this. Whereas the expectation is, the, the gift that God wants to give us is to be whole. To not be fragmented as a human being in like in our thoughts and in our expression that our that our actions match our words that our heart and our passions uh, match what we truly see as reality around us so this integrated wholeness and i think that this kind of passage where it's talking about that there's a wholeness of love and then there's the wholeness of knowing there's a wholeness of faith faith is talked in terms of sincere or unhypocritical faith Unhypo- uh, that means it's divided that it's fragmented our our mind is fragmented and then we have uh like in james and then passages in the old testament where it talks about wholehearted devotion to god and again that's like for some people that becomes a standard that they cannot attain but it's not talking about here is this Here's the Olympic record that everybody has to go over in order to say that they have wholehearted devotion. No, it is within myself as a human being, my devotion is totally integrated with the rest of my life. That's wholehearted devotion. It's not more. It is one. I don't know. Sandy's looking at me like, so go ahead and say what you're thinking. No, I'm just thinking, okay, so how do you nutshell the, I mean, you know, how, what, that is exactly what Sandy says to me so often. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, so we remember it. And I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but already sitting here, I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> it was too much. You know, which that's why God gave me, Tony, me as a pastor, where I could say, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to know She just at least about. never said that from the front row. That's good. Mm-hmm. No, I learned to not even make signals from the yeah. road to my husband. Well, so what I'm so the the limitation here is yeah. that people are only hearing how this how this wholeness is described within myself. Mm-hmm. Another person's wholeness is theirs, and some people cannot put a sense of wholeness into words, but they have a sense that they're okay, that they are whole. Mm-hmm. That they, they aren't fragmented, that, that their life is consistent. You know, it's, it's, and you know what I remember as a teenager, and I think, and this is a common journey of teenagers, mm-hmm. of adolescents, yeah. is a fragmentation almost of feeling like they're uh, fake, feeling like they're uh, not real, trying to be something that they're not actually. And it is like the absolute dilemma of adolescence. I, and I think this is a human experience. It's not just like Western culture, not just American mm-hmm. culture. And so the, it's kind of like um, we know it when we feel it. And then it's not very, then we have to really be, it's fragile. Mm-hmm. Because somebody who we respect could like challenge us and say something that they're, they're saying, I'm not whole. And then it breaks it up. And so this is all very, it is complicated, but I would just say that in any given moment that we just, you know, I think again, our centering, we did some podcasts a year ago on centering meditation. There is, there is this rhythm of pausing and it's almost like, well, from this angle, I feel like I'm 
whole. I'm okay. I think that's the word that people will use. I'm just feeling okay. I'm okay with the world. I'm, you know, some people will say I'm at one or I'm at peace. I mean, but even if it is, even if it feels like in our experience that it's fleeting, Mm -hmm. that, well, that was, I wish I could get back to that moment. That moment is given, I believe is given to us as a, as a moment of clarity that gives us hope that this is where we, even if we don't feel like we're always there, that's where we want to get, not in a compulsive way, but rather that that's where we want to be. That's why I think that in this passage in First John, back to that passage, we have this interplay of love and knowing. Mm-hmm. So if we want to know God, there it is. loving God is involved in it. To love God, to know God, and then we are known by God and we are loved by God. And all of this works together to give us um, a sense of identity. And even to use any one word is not right because a sense of purpose, all of this. But really, I think hope is like the final thing that I really want people to have from this pod, not just this episode of the podcast, but from the podcast overall, is that there's always hope. Even even if we feel like in our glaring imperfections, that I'm a hopeless case, Mm -hmm. that the hope that I can know God, that I can have an experience and and intimately have an experience and be in relationship with the creator of the universe is an incredible, (laughs) is incredible high goal, but is exactly what I believe we can all have. We'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, and your stories. Email us at nogod at tonykafka.com. You can find more resources on our Patreon page or on our website, Tony Kafka.